Okay. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the Metaphysical Mysteries. Uh, Tom and uh, myself, Terry, and we have an exciting guest here today. Of course, we always try to be the most uh, exciting part of your day, and I don't think we'll disappoint today at all. Uh, we have uh, Michelle Bunting here from New Jersey. And uh, she does many, many different things. Um, one of the things I've had the opportunity to experience is her transmediumship. And for those of you who do not know what that is, we'll do our best to educate you. And uh, Michelle, welcome. And uh, hey, uh, any introduction you want to give, now would be a great time. Thank you, Terry. And thank you, Tom, for having me this morning. I, I think this is going to be a very interesting show because we're going to be able to get our fingers in some some different aspects and some different subjects. So I'm, I'm really excited to begin too. Good, good. Can you give everybody kind of a little bit of your background? I mean, where you come from, what you do or what you did do before you did this or <laughs> however you want to, you know, let people know. Well, I, I'm born and raised in New Jersey, Jersey girl. Mm -hmm. And I started delving into, actually, I accidentally read a book. I accidentally read a book wasn't an accident. You can't accidentally read, but there was this book that kept popping up on my phone. Um, every time I would look for something else, this book would pop up and it was called Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. Weiss, sure. And, and I, about, about, after about five or seven times, it popped up on my phone. I finally took a look at the book and I thought, why on earth would I read that? I had absolutely no metaphysical background. I had no metaphysical friends. I had no metaphysical family. I, I, I think I knew one person. There was one, one medium that once a year we would get together, my friends and I, and, and go see as something interesting to do. That, that's how far removed <laughs> I was from the metaphysical world. So after several more times of coming up on my phone, I finally bought the book. I gave in. Yeah. And do you know that ever since I bought the book, it's never happened again? So interesting to me still, even yeah. still today. And so I read the book. And in the book, Dr. Weiss asserts that anyone can do it. And of course, as you know, the book is about um, his experiences as he he tripped into giving past life regressions yeah. and when he asserted that in his book i've always been kind of a curious george so when he asserted that anyone could do it i decided to make his book a manual and i took notes and i read all of his other books then after that and i learned the procedure and so i I did what he said and I attempted it the first time and it was so amazing. You know, when you have that, that first new experience, oh, even as kids, you know, the first time you ride your bike without a training wheel, the first time you do anything, you drive a car, even though your parents sitting there, you know, there's that, mm, that something that, wow. Right. For, for any time you do something, I had that. I, stepped into a past life and I was by myself and I, I was only there for about two or three minutes because I realized something very important. And this is what I love about experimenting, the kind of learning as you, as you go. 
Yeah, it's good to have a Dr. Weiss in the room <laughs> because that really helps and facilitates um, the process. Right. Kind of, you know, the patient wasn't guiding themselves in the book. There, it was a, it was a two man job, sure. right? Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you for a second because I want to fill in our listeners. Um, when we talk about Dr. Brian Weiss, he's an MD. He's a uh, psychiatrist and he's a master hypnotherapist. And he is also one of those folks who, as you say, stumbled into um, this past life, uh, which basically talking about reincarnation and all for all practical purposes. And, and, and an individual, one of his clients, while they were under, um, actually gave him data about his deceased son which there's no possible way um, that they could have possibly known that. There's, it's just impossible, which intrigued him immensely. And I know then he uh, continued uh, in that line. And he also found that there was a tremendous amount of healing that took place once people got beyond this lifetime and in the lives, life in between life period. And then they would come back and there would be such a a resiliency put into them or, you know, just something that really made a difference in their uh, current physical life, their mental life, uh, spiritual life. And so uh, just for our listeners, I want to say Messages from the Masters is the book she's talking about. And there are several other uh, in the series, which we, I'm sure all three of us would highly recommend, uh, even clinicians oh. oftentimes who were like, wait, well, how, this has never been documented before, but yes, it has. And, and Dr. Weiss, and if you get a chance to ever take a class from him, yeah. two, thumbs up, two thumbs up there, because it's a lot of fun to do it. And his, I think his daughter is also kind of helping out right now with those programs. So I just want to bring the listeners up to speed so they're, they're following you exactly. So go, yeah. go ahead, you're, you're right in the middle of something. So. No, no, that was great. That was wonderful. Good, good thinking. So I, I understood that I wasn't going to be able to progress myself that I was gonna actually have to teach someone the process that I just learned myself, um, that I learned from the com combining his books. And so I taught a very good friend. Now understand I had no friends who were in the woo-woo world. So I'm not woo-woo, nobody I know is woo-woo. And I convinced one of my dearest friends, counting on the fact that she cared about me more than she did about how strange what it was I was asking her. And I, I, I counted on the right thing because although she was a little, you know, she, deci she decided to go with it. And, um, and it was amazing. I, you know, we went through it. And then of course, you know, she was like, well, what about me? And I, what was that? And so then I returned the favor, we switched places and we did that. Gosh, almost every week for about eight months. I mean, we became um, we became almost addicted, but not in a bad way. In a way that, oh, let's do this once a week and let's see what we uncover this week. Right? It became it, it became better than going to a movie. Right. And this was uh, two years ago. So one day. One day, you know, and I would always go to her house because, of course, you know, some of my children are, are still with me. And, of course, her, there we had the privacy of her house. And, of course, you know, you don't want to be too woo-woo. I was very much in the closet 
very much in the closet. And <laughs> so, so one day I went over and it was my turn. So, you know, um, I call it stepping someone through, right? So she was stepping me through and I went into what I thought was supposed to be a past life. And it was actually um, not. And I knew it wasn't because I knew there was a problem immediately. I looked like me. I looked like what you're seeing now and you're not supposed to look like you. So for several minutes, there was a lot of confusion. The second thing, there was a problem. There was nothing in sight. And you knew when you stepped into wherever that was, uh, you knew that there were no people. You knew that there were no buildings, no nature. There was nothing. Um, and that confused me because for many, many months, there was always something. There was a blade of grass. There was a tree. There was a human. There was a house, something, right? Um, so, yeah. And then they, now you have to understand, and I want to describe this place to you because this is going to segue into the, the, the playtime that you and I had. Imagine that there's white sand, a place where there's white sand and there's nothing else, but there's no ocean. And the place where you're standing is daylight. But when you look up into the sky, you see that it's nighttime, but it's a sky that doesn't have any stars, right? And so you can imagine the strangeness, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden in the sky, there were millions and millions of lights that started to appear in the sky. And of course, I think they must be stars because that's what lights in the sky are to me. So I waited and I was like, you know, it's like, wow, it's almost like being maybe out in the Midwest somewhere. I, I only can imagine it because I've seen it in movies where People are somewhere out in this very open area, you know, with nothing around. And then there's just this enormous sky. And I realized that all of a sudden I knew they were not stars. And now she's, of course, recording. We recorded all of our past life regressions. We recorded everything. So obviously we're recording this. And I explained to her that they were not stars they were alive, they were beings, but I couldn't identify what kind of beings. Mm -hmm. And now she's confused, you know, so what's interesting is, is she's an attorney. So also, you know, very now, so we're, we consider ourselves intelligent women, but now there is a mystery afoot, right? right? Because what is this? And so then there is this emergence of a face. And imagine that the face is so large that it takes up 65% of the sky. It's a pretty big face, right? Pretty big. It's, it's all white. Um, you know, what's interesting is, is the features are, if you put a skin color to the face, that face would fit any ethnicity. I didn't realize that until later. But the hair was very um, poofy, like almost like cotton balls, right? As you're looking up into the sky. And, 
And there was this enormity, I, this enormity. And so we were stunned, smart, but stunned. So we, um, we, we, we asked a couple questions, not the most important ones, like who are you would have been very helpful, right? So what is this would have been great, which you know, we didn't um, because we were a little discombobulated. So we, we get out of that, we step out of that life and, you know, we're like, wow, what was that? What was that? And so we didn't have a name because we didn't ask for the name. Um, because again, we were doing past life regressions. We weren't really doing anything metaphysical, right? We were just going into our own past lives and we had shifted our beliefs to now believing in reincarnation. But beyond that, communication with non-physical and no, we were not. Our minds were not there, which is why we were probably so we stunk at it the first time, right? So the second time we went back, we are intelligent women, we made a list and we analyzed our questions and we evaluated our questions and we wanted to make sure that we asked the questions that would reveal the information that would answer our questions. Of course, the number one name was what, what, is, what is your name and who are you? So the next week she steps me back in and ironically using a past life regression process, right? Isn't that odd? But anyway, I digress. So she steps me back in and et voila, I go to the place that is both day and night. Not a soul around, the sky is empty, but then here come the stars, the beings. Oh, and I realize, yes, I'm back in the same place. Here comes Big Head. Now, I apologize for offending anybody, um, but understand that as two non-metaphysical people, we did not know what that image was. So we affectionately called him Big Head for about a week until we could go back and ask what his name was. So, Well, as, as, as former law enforcement officers, that's a very nice name compared to what Tom and I have been called. <laughs> I can't imagine that. I really can't imagine that, Terry. You can't imagine, can you? No, I can't. You're, you know, you both just have this very friendly air. I can't imagine that at all. <laughs> Go ahead. So I'm, lo I'm loving this. Okay. So Big Head has appeared again. Big Head has appeared again. Exactly. But this time we're ready. So she... It's out her paper and she starts asking questions. And the first one is, who are you? And, and that is when I think I had my second most powerful spiritual metaphysical experience. I felt um, gravity. I felt the weight of something um, start to, I was laying down, mm -hmm. had a cover over my eyes. I felt a weight to start to almost press down on my body, um, but it didn't hurt, but there was a shift in something. And I could answer the questions, but I had to speak very slowly. And so the words were coming out with pauses in between each word. And so I'll, I'll stop for the audience and say what Michelle is describing 
is the rhythm that a person gets into when they're in trance most of the time. Most people get into this, you know, step by step type of rhythm. That way, you know, you're actually tuning into a source other than within self. So go, I'm sorry, go ahead. I love, I, I'm so glad you did that because that would have been so helpful, Terry, for me to know. You should have just called me. I, I, I would have loved to have known that because we pontificated about that. We, we wondered about that for, forever, right? Yeah. Um, but I love the way you just articulated that. So please, actually, as I'm continuing this story, I would love it if you stopped me and clarified at every point because there might actually still be things that I haven't processed and understood. I don't know any other trans channelers. Okay. So I actually would be grateful for the information as well. Thank you. Sure. Um, so yeah, yeah, the words were coming out very slowly. And then I realized that there was something had happened where I wasn't the only one speaking. Now I somehow knew that in my brain, I knew that it was, but I didn't understand how it was. I didn't understand the science of it. I didn't, I didn't understand how that could be. But at some point, I, she continued to have this conversation. And when uh, she stepped me out, I didn't have a clear memory on what that interaction was. And so then she recapped it for me. Yeah. So, um, and so the big head answered the question, I am, and I'm not going to say it as slow as, and I use the term he subjectively understand that I understand now that all that is appeared to me in a way that I would understand it mm -hmm. based on the information that I knew. Right. Okay, yeah. so I am not implying that all that is, is a he, I understand, you know, but you have to understand that at the time being very non-metaphysical, they use images and, you know, and thoughts that you'll, you'll understand. Yeah, I, I, what I tell people oftentimes is when somebody wants to, you, I'm, I'm going to call them usurpers, they're going to usurp your, uh, what you are uh, for purposes of communication, you become somewhat of a conduit in a way. Um, but they're going to use, um, and a lot of people are familiar with clip art, you know, that you use on the computer. There's lots of different versions of clip art. Well, each one of us has a version of clip art, meaning it's based on the totality of our experiences in, in life, our education, um, our families, our language, our, our thoughts. And so they will usurp that in a way so that it will flow through. And thus, when we go back to that rhythmic thing, they're actually digging into something that would make you be able to enunciate something that is extremely beyond language. The, 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 the concepts are beyond the English language. I think the, the, probably the best language that we know of on the planet for that kind of thing is Hebrew, ancient Hebrew. Right. Uh, because it's both symbolic and as well as descriptive and 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 there's just so much more to it although the bulk of the people cannot speak that so i can imagine if you were going to do a um and i tell people this like charades 
with somebody else and you're actually puppeting them and trying to get their mouth to move and you know you're trying to whisper things in their ear so they'll do certain things it's kind of like that i mean it's, it's almost puppeteering in a way but the puppet is very much alive and very much volunteering to um, allow that to, to come through. So just for the listeners, it sounds really, really bizarre, like some kind of a demon taking over and making you talk. And that's not the way it is. Um, and you'll know right away, there's gonna be a certain comfort level, a certain love, if you will, that kind well, of- Well, it's interesting, Terry, that you said that because before she stepped me out and well, after, let, let, me, let me go back. After she had asked a few questions of I am that I am, and the answer was in a name that I would recognize. So it didn't use another name from another, you know, book or set of information, body of information that I wouldn't recognize. Mm -hmm. It used a name that I would recognize. So after a few questions there again, the entire time I was aware of my body, even though I didn't recall um, the conversation. The, there was a point where um, all that is was, was done answering questions. The function had been served and, and all that is explained that I would be able to get the remainder of my answers that there was somebody that was being provided um, for me and that person was Seth. I did not know at the time who Seth was. All we knew was that there was this magnificent thing with it, you know, that we were talking to, she was talking to I am that I am. And then there was this entity that showed up called Seth and that we could ask him the remainder of our questions. And so what happened then is we'd stopped doing past life regressions because we had a new metaphysical toy we had this thing and we didn't have a word for it um we had this thing where we could go to this place and this was the description that we would give to very trusted friends we could go to this place where i could connect to some with connect with someone called seth and then she could ask questions that's the long way of saying channeling Right. Because we didn't really have the, we didn't have a metaphysical vocabulary. So, so that is how I started trans channeling. And that was kind of the, the long way around, but it was a journey. And, and I think now looking back, the reason why it was, why it was functionally, why I was functionally able to have those experiences is because I didn't have any belief systems in place that would be impeding that. The absence of knowing anything is just as important as a limiting belief or you know, um, a true belief, right? Because they all resonate energy. Every thought resonates energy. So I think the fact that I didn't have a belief, I didn't know enough, to have an opinion. If you've never eaten an apple, you're generally not going to have any opinion on what that apple is or tastes like. You, you don't even think about the apple. What do you care about the apple? You're used, you're used to peaches and oranges. We yeah. talk about peaches and oranges and then comes this apple, but the apple was able to get in because there was no thought forms yeah. for the apple. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. 
God. <laughs> what was interesting to me is that Esther Hicks, that she was kind of in the same place before she started trans-channeling. She knew nothing. And I think it's very interesting, and I would love your opinion, Terry and Tom. Why, why, why does that happen to people who are minding their own business, so to speak? Well, you know, I got the opportunity to do a little for you after we were done. And, and what they, I specifically asked, Seth, what's the affinity with Michelle? And the, the answer that came through was that you had asked for it and you had continued to ask for it and continued to ask for it and continued to ask for it in your own way so that this communication could be enhanced and thus, and thus that was forwarded to you because ask and you shall receive. Sounds like a biblical thing, right? Seek and you shall find. You were doing those things that are universal law. And since you executed those universal laws in a concise way, consistently, it was answered. I see. I see. No, um, thank you for, thank you for that. I, you know, I really, really appreciate that. There was something happening after the past life regressions, after a few of them and, and for both of us, but for me a lot, Dr. Weiss was right. There is a place, there is value to allowing a person, a patient, let's say, go to the place where they transitioned to after a physical life was over because we have the, the memories, we, we, we have access to those memories, not just of lives in physical body, but lives, our experiences after we leave those bodies, right? And what conversations you had on the other side. Now, that was kind of normal only because they were in Dr. Weiss's books, sort of. It wasn't completely out of the realm and he did make a comment or two cumulatively that there would be some sort of psychic side effect, but he didn't go into it. And so for me being very linear, if you're not going to go into it very much, I'm going to ignore it. Right. So, so, so that's just, you know, that, you know, that might not be a good thing, or in this case, maybe it was the best thing, but that's exactly what happened. Wish he would write a book on that. Um, so, because that would have been a little bit, Hey, you know, to my, my friend, we might want to watch out because here's a list of things that could happen if we do too many of these things that would have been good to have. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but we didn't have it. So what happened is, is after every life, I would transition to the other dimension where I would transition to after that life, but something odd started happening. There was a group of teachers there. Only one spoke. And, you know, at first we thought, again, just bear with me. We, we had questions like, where's the ring? Where's the necklace? Right. You know, the questions I'm talking about okay. that, that mediums get, um, you know, where's, where's my, where's my next great love life? Where's, you know, how, what great next job am I going to have? We had those questions and we learned after several several engagements with this same group of teachers that would be there waiting for me on the other side, we learned those are not the right questions, 
right? And so we started to figure out what questions we could ask that they would answer. The problem was, is they were speaking in a language that we didn't understand. And I don't mean a foreign language. I mean that they started saying things like, they had started answering questions in terms of energy, in terms of vibration, in terms of intentions. And we just couldn't get, we just couldn't get our hands on the full meaning of what their answers were. And we couldn't get a name either. So for several months, maybe two months, two, two three months, uh, this group of entity, we, we would, we, were, we then began using the past life regressions as a mechanism to get to the group of teachers that was waiting on the other side, which I understand now there's no other side. So do forgive me. I'm still using the language that, that we learned on the other side. Mm -hmm. And, but we, I didn't understand the language. They were speaking English, but I didn't understand how they were using the words. So yes, Terry, I started to really want to understand after about a month of this, I was on the phone with another trusted girlfriend and I was, I was, I was allowing her to bear witness to my, the intense level of frustration that, that we're having this conversation and I can't understand the words, but they're English, right? What, what they mean by them. And finally she said, why don't you tell me some of the things that they're saying? And so I started telling her some of the things that they were saying. She goes, oh my God, Michelle, that's Abraham. And I didn't know who Abraham was. So she sends me some YouTube videos and I opened up the first one. And within 30 seconds, I knew, I just knew that's them. They were speaking, you know, Abraham was, it was exactly the same words. It was exactly, exactly the same language. So you can imagine I began to inhale every YouTube video ever made by poor Esther Hicks, which God bless her for doing it. That's all I did. If I was washing dishes, mm -hmm. I was listening to a YouTube video, a channeling, which is an excerpt of a channeling session. Uh, it didn't matter what I was doing. That was running 24 hours a day. Let's, um, then, let's, let's uh, for the listeners, Esther Hicks and, you know, the whole Abraham Hicks scenario. Now that's a, a group that's been around for a long time, trying to give um, psychic data uh, to the world at large on, on, a, on a large scale. And there's, there's been lots of books uh, written about, um, you know, the Hicks scenario, how that's all worked out. So um, this is something relatively, you know, within the last 40, 40 years or so that's common in the woo-woo world. For the average person, though, they don't know who the hell Esther Hicks is and don't care. Um, nor do they know who Abraham is, other than it's a, you know, Abraham Lincoln or it's Abraham in the Bible or it's, True. I don't know. So is it a, uh, so the question would be, one, um, who is Abraham in the sense of, is this a social uh, consciousness complex, meaning representing multiple entities is this a singular type person or what is it in your opinion from your experience it is it is exactly as later on i heard her describe it 
It is a family of teachers of infinite intelligence. This is, these are, these are, infinite intelligence is not the body of information that you want to bring a question where did I lose my necklace? This is, this is not what they do. Um, way above that. Way above that pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, really you're, asking the, you're asking the CEO where the broom is for the janitor. It's, it's the building, right. It's, it's yeah. right. Egregious. And, but I think I'm thankful that they were patient because of course, those were our questions in the beginning for Abraham. You can imagine, right? And they're quite, um, and I will say this, they are quite used to third dimensional beings, uh, you know, humans, if you will. Asking stupid, silly little questions yes, yes. that are related. They know I mean, we have access to infinite intelligence. We didn't yeah, know it. Yeah, you're taking baby steps. And you think we might you... ask a more scientific question or something that would be like an aha kind of an answer? No, that's not I mean, it's on the Einstein theory. And then yeah, something, something that. like that. Yeah, so something I, relevant, something important. Yeah. And so I would say also the word infinite intelligence, for those of you in the listening audience who don't know what the hell that is, um, infinite intelligence is really a, just a representation of, some people would call God, the, the mass complex of souls all bonded together when they say in the Bible, we are one. Um, Jesus used to say that. Um, you know, what you do to the least of me, you do to me, meaning we're all one. Um, those are the concepts we're talking about, infinite intelligence. Now there is a church, the spiritualist church, um, which there's, a, there's Christian versions of that. There's also, you know, just general versions of the spiritualist church all over the United States and, and around the world. England had a, had a lot of them. They use the term infinite intelligence all the time. And it, it's kind of an insert for God, if you will, or us in totality. So as Michelle talks about these things for our listeners, I want them to understand the lingo that you start to pick up once yeah. a connection is made, and it may sound like complete bizarro land to everybody else. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But yes, the- yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love the way you said that, Terry. That's a perfect description. Stop. Perfect. And uh, Tommy, I know you do um, clinician work with people that are having challenges. Um, as, as Michelle was talking about this, do you see an application for a trans medium work? I mean, she's not done telling her whole story, but, uh, you know, if you're working with somebody with problems, is there, do you see an application based on what we're doing right now that might be, might be helpful to a client? Well, I think any tool in the toolbox that could expand your resources is helpful. Um, you know, if you've run down the road of traditional clinical trainings, if you will, and you're not making the movements you want, there's nothing against stepping outside the box a little bit and see what you can pull forth. Um, you know, we talked about infinite intelligence. Some people will refer to that as universal intelligence. I've heard it put that way quite often. Yes. For the listeners, just so if you hear it, it's all one and the same. Right. So we don't want to get caught up on language um, it, uh, for the listener. I, I just want to say that there's, there's lots of different descriptions of the very same thing. Um, and, you know, we, we don't want to get caught up in that. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not talking about us here on the show. I'm just talking about for people who are listening. Don't get caught up in a dogma of something because we're trying to get to the data. 
we're trying to get to the, you know, we're following a line. And since as an investigator, uh, you know, you take step by step by step to get to the final thing. And, and I think that's what Michelle's doing here. She's took the time to start to investigate things that were fascinating to her. And she's going down that line and now she's sharing it with others, which kind of leads me to my question. When, who would come to you uh, for this kind of, um, you know, interaction where you would go into a trance with them? Who, who would be your normal customer, if you will, or client? They, they you know, the, normal is a very subjective word now for me um normal is 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 everyone and anyone who has that same burgeoning desire for clarity mm -hmm. and your your inner every one of us has an inner being so our inner beings will lead us to the places like the book right for me it was the book on my phone for others it, they'll be pointed in a, in another direction, but what's normal um, are people from all walks of life, from all countries, have have wanted access to this information. Uh, all ages, all religions, all sexual all forms of sexual orientation. Uh, so the normal, the, I wouldn't say that there is a normal. What I would say that the common denomination is the hunt for that level of clarity that's going to bring us into that more, into that oneness with ourselves and all that is. And they, they'll find you. I found you, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I found you. And, and so, and it was very odd, you know, and by the way, I want to tell both you and Tom this, love the name very that's what drew my eye to all of the other words that were on my computer screen because for me it is the exploration of the experiment so to have a word like mystery in your it's almost like putting chocolate on something for me you know it just absolutely drew me all the way over here i want to go back to what your point was about validation because that's very important for people to know. And you were completely a thousand percent right about that. Before I was segued to Seth, while I was still in that place, as all that is was leaving, there was, and imagine the, the weight is still there. The weight got almost heavier before he left. And there was a communication of love the likes of which I have never felt in my life. And it was so overwhelming that I intellectually understood that my body was struggling to contain it all in my one little body. And, and, and so on one hand, I can feel my body struggle to contain that energy, which it did not do very well, but at the same time to feel beauty in its ultimate perfection, in an emotion that was perfect, if you can imagine. And, it, and I want to bring validation to your comment and say that it was the most mysterious thing that ever happened to me at that time, <laughs> because 
I, I didn't understand then communication, the energetic communication using emotions, but it was beautiful. And there's nothing about whatever you want to call, whatever words you want to put to the entity of all that is. There is nothing evil about that energy. It is pure. It is good. I understand now why it's, it's the source of our vitality. It's the source of our creative geniuses. It is everything. And I understand also now why Dr. Weiss wrote a book. It's the only thing that's real. It's the only thing that it's the only thing that's real. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to kind of leave you with that, you know, and, and kind of validate your assertion. It's very important for people to understand that. That's good. You know, um, we talk about transmedium, but I know you do other things. Give us an example of some of the other things that you do. I mean, you consciousness collector or cultivator, cultivator, right? Yeah, I wanted to make up a name because I encountered a dear friend, uh, Daniel Endy. He had a, he had a consulting business he did. It was woo woo. And he had a name and I thought, well, I, and now I'm in this woo woo world and I should have a name too. Right. I, I thought it was a thing that, you know, people in the woo woo world had. So I made it up. What do I do? What am I? What, what would be words that would adequately describe, you know, what it is now. And I assist people with cultivating their next levels uh, cognitively being able to perceive, you know, their next levels, you know, the embodiment of all their consciousness. Right. All aspects. All aspects. Yes. And I do that by assisting them. And I only do the things that I've experienced. So I assist them with experiencing their own past life regressions. I don't really give past life readings. I, I, I won't pretend to you that pretend to you that I would even know how to do that. What I what I do know how to do is assist someone in experiencing their own past life information, accessing their own Akashic records um, and, and things of that nature. I also do vibrational coaching, which is very different um, than traditional coaching because it understands the flow of energy in our bodies. And the, the, you know, the reason why stress is so bad is because, you know, the energy of stress is so, has such wear and tear on our bodies. Well, where does stress come from? And most people don't really connect the dots. Your thoughts, what you're thinking. We have about 70,000 thoughts a day, right? And they're all transmitting energy. That's why we have to go to sleep at night because we're tired. We've got all these different competing energies running through our body, right? So I kind of help people go to the source and with the coaching aspect to alter their belief systems and their thought structures so that their cells and atoms and molecules of their bodies can reorganize around the new energy that is being formed from the mind body coherence. Gotcha. Yeah. And you know, when we do work with people, um, obviously uh, Tommy and I do a, a broad selection of, of work and, and truly it's a lot of mind work. We always talk yeah. about uh, three different bodies, the spiritual body, the mental, emotional body, and then the physical body. Yeah. Obviously doctors uh, um, in allopathic medicine do the, the third body, the physical body. And, and, but we're really working in the spiritual body and, and then the emotional field as well. Uh, because if something stays in that emotional field long enough, it will manifest in the physical eventually. 
And I think this, this is where people that are in this kind of realm can intercede quickly before it becomes a problem. Or if it is a problem, intercede and, and let that start to resolve itself naturally through its vibratory electrical methodology that's natural to the, to the system. So, um, uh, Tom, did you see that, how that applies with, with what we're talking about? Absolutely. I always use the analogy. It's like when you have a computer and it starts running a little uh, rough after about six months to a year and people try to fix it by banging the keyboard instead of just going in and cleaning up the software and taking the virus out. Right? It's to what we're talking about here, changing the beliefs, shifting the energy around to a better place, and then things will naturally take care of themselves. People uh, get hung up on what they can physically see, hear, and such, touch. Um, so you have to get beyond your own personal limitations you're throwing the way, you know, and get down to the level of what could be. I go back to high school chemistry days. That's what I always tell people. When I tap on my hand, I say, is this solid? And they almost all say yes. And when I say, no, it's not, they sit there and they kind of get the concept from there and then we move on. So you know, people are getting it. It's just taking a little bit longer than, you know, maybe we would have liked, but it's coming around and it's really a helpful tool. Yeah. Well, this is, this is, this is fun stuff. I know, um, uh, obviously, Michelle and I had a chance to um, interact with each other. And so we both know more about each other than we're probably going to ever say here on the podcast. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, other people, when we get a chance to tune into them, uh, also, there's, it's amazing uh, what you're really a part of uh, as, as a total whole. And obviously, you're having a, you know, just a human experience. You're, you're a soul, a spirit, a portion of all that is. And you're just jumping in and compressing yourself, if you will, into this bag of bones that we're all in. And there, the, the bag of bones is really a, a methodology to express emotion, to experience things. Um, your, your, your buddy, Seth, um, who I had a nice conversation with, um, I said, you know, uh, is there anything I can do for you? And I asked that question and he said, and, and, and I got to do anything I could do for Michelle as well, but I went to the Seth uh, first and, and, and he said, no, you know, um, we are, um, we are extremely happy and ecstatic basically to be around you as you all experience emotions because the emotions are such a growth thing, you know? And so as, and so I want people to understand when you're crying or you're happy or anything in between, it's a growth thing. And, and you are wafting out energy. And we share a lot of space with a lot of other entities that most people cannot see. For folks that are in woo-woo world, we can see them or feel them or hear them. Um, and thus you get the shows like uh, Long Island Medium or Tyler the Hollywood Medium. And so we know that that's all possible. And even science-wise, you know, we know that the, this whole auric field that's around people, we can measure it. And we know what the flow is of electricity. So, uh, and, and even Tesla, you know, talked about, it's all about electricity and vibration. That's what we are. Mm -hmm. as a, so, you know, and people think God is a human being sitting on a throne. There's that, that concept out there. Uh, and that's not the case. Uh, when it says made in our image, you're not talking about five five fingers and or five, ten fingers and ten toes. We're ta we're talking about energetically made in the image. And so, 
if you're a part of that, then use it. You're supposed to do something with it and relax, enjoy. It's okay. You know, if you have these experiences, uh, life is still good. Uh, you know, hey, and if you don't, you know, if you didn't, didn't work out the way you want, you'll be back. And if you don't want to come back, don't come back. It's okay. Uh, so I think we really get wound up. And once people kind of get to that point, we talk in the Eastern philosophies about uh, enlightenment. I, that's where they, I think, come to the point of realization of where they fit into the totality of everything. And once you get to that point, there's just like this great peace that overcomes you. Um, I go back to the apostles sometimes because, you know, we were in a Judeo-Christian country. And, you know, after Jesus ascended and was gone, these guys, these 12 guys went out and did some crazy stuff. I mean, they went into places that would absolutely kill them. Well, why would you go do that? Put yourself in harm's way as you're trying to teach a new philosophy or an old philosophy just relearned um, when you know you can be killed. The only way you do that is because you know you're not really going to die. You're not really going to die. You're, you maybe get out of your body, but you're not going to die. Uh, I'm a huge Edgar Casey fan. And one of the things Casey talked about was when John, the Apostle John, was, um, you know, on uh, Patmos, and he was in the, the prison or whatever, banished for a time, and, and someone showed up lo looking like the Son of Man, which everybody interprets as Jesus, uh, with brass, you know, feet, had the whole description, and, and actually it was uh, Peter. It was Peter. That's, uh, according to Casey, it was Peter because they had made a deal. If I can come back and I can express myself to you, I will. And this is what I'm going to look like. And so he came back. But everybody says it's like the Son of Man. It didn't say it was the Son of Man, like the Son of Man. You know, and then people do ask me all the time because we're in a Judeo-Christian world, you know, well, what is, what is Jesus? You know, well, he's the master soul. You know, you, you got to create the first one first, right? I mean, it's got to be part of it. And then the rest are um, duplicates in a way. Uh, and as he said, what I do, you shall do it greater. Yes. And so was he able to do these things that you do? Of course. Uh, the, the story that comes to mind is when he was collecting up the apostles. And he saw uh, Nathaniel. And uh, Philip was the uh, guy who said, hey, come on, we found the guy, you know, come on, let's go. And he goes, he's from Nazareth. Ah, nothing good comes from Nazareth, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's, you know, they're, you know, typical, probably like Tom and I, just gruff old geezers, <laughs> and, uh, you know. And uh, so anyway, as they eventually made their way to, uh, to Jesus, he said, I saw you under the fig tree before, you know, Philip kind of got you. And he was sitting under a fig tree. Well, how did he do that? Well, same thing. He had the psychic ability, the, the channeling ability, whatever, to see beyond uh, where he was at. And I, so it's a fascinating, I want people to understand that this is talked about in, in the Hindu Vedas. It is talked about in the Bible. It's talked about in the Torah, you know, early, you know, for, uh, for the Jewish folks and so forth. Many of these things are talked about over and over again in different ways, because you have to meet the people with the language and the style that they can digest. And I think what we're doing now is it seems as though we're coming to a point where 
people are hopefully broadening, broadening their horizons and they can set the wording aside and still get the guts of it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, to me, <laughs> perfect sense, perfect sense to me. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, if, um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and they said, man, I, I really want Michelle to do, you know, a trance medium session for me or, or help me regress myself, what's the, what's the best way? How would you like them to get a hold of you? a good question. Isn't it lovely that we have so many different ways? I think I'm going to stick with email because it's easiest to remember. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say Seth speaks again at gmail.com. Seth speaks again. Yes. At gmail.com. Gmail.com. Well, that's easy for everybody. I mean, we've talked about Seth and I do want to point out Seth real quickly, uh, Egyptian stuff, because there is a, another God, Egyptian God, if for those who are into Egypt, technology um set and set was a bad guy that's not set ah. two different things so occasionally you get that um where people are like um that's a bad guy you know he's he was the bad guy and you know um he was the one and if you ever saw the gods of egypt the movie uh, and set was fighting for us at the end now I'm going to look for it because I've never yeah, seen that movie. I didn't even know that there was another Seth and that he was bad. So now, yeah, of course, you've tweaked my curiosity, which is terrible because now I'm yeah. going to have to do something about that. Absolutely. So Seth with a S-E-T, I believe, and then, and then Seth with an H on the end. So you're talking about the one with the H on the end. Um, and I asked your, um, while you were in trance, and I asked the question, um, as it compared to Raw. And a lot of people, and I don't recommend this book for amateurs, uh, but it is the sneaky little book that's used by a whole lot of people um, to answer metaphysical questions. But um, it, it is a series of books, I think at five total, but uh, it's called the Raw Material, R-A. And I said, what is the relationship between- I love the Raw Material. Yeah, between Raw. What's the, who are they? Are they related or are they the same? And he said, Two different families, two different families. Because in the raw material, they're going to talk about um, Yahweh. Yeah. They're going to talk that. They're going to talk about Jesus. Um, they're going to talk about Genghis Khan. <laughs> you know, they're going to talk about Confucius. Uh, they're going to talk about a lot of different things. I like how raw breaks down the the how we use energy in our bodies. Yes. I really think that that's just so clarifying. It is. It is. And I believe that uh, a lot of people will get something out of it. It is very deep. You've got to go slowly and you realize that you're not talking to a singular person like we're used to here on earth. You're talking to a group consciousness. Yes. And it's just take a football stadium full of people and you're talking to them all at once. And they're trying to give you there. There may be a spokesman, but they're almost, I, I would say like the Borg on a uh, star. That's what Seth is. But it's a group consciousness and right. there's one that speaks yeah really great description and, and interestingly enough social media right now has that same ia ability the um artificial or ai uh, artificial intelligence ability to look at group consciousness and predict what we're going to do it is a very scary situation in the oh. sense that they will mold and customize things particularly to you and I caution everybody in this world 
to meditate on the truth rather than what you're getting filtered to because anything you're getting social media wise, whether it's Twitter or it's, or it's Facebook or, or, or Pinterest or whatever it may be, it is customized uniquely to you as if you're an avatar yourself. And um, your worldview can be easily altered to the point where you're almost a sheeple, a sheep person. Um, and, and I want people to be, have an awareness that you're more than that. And you need to go to the true source rather than two or three manipulators sitting in these golden chairs somewhere saying, I believe so-and-so should be elected in China this year. So-and-so should be elected in America this year. And so-and-so should be elected in South America and in Venezuela this year. And they manipulate the social media climate so dramatically um, that you think it's real. Yes. And I really think people need to, and I think we have a lot of healthcare. And I know Tommy and I've talked about this, a lot of healthcare issues because people's are getting the, people are, I call them sheeple, <laughs> um, not to denigrate my fellow mankind, but some are sheeple, some are not, but you are getting these dopamine hits, negative dopamine hits over and over and over with the social media stuff, the social warrior, blah, 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 name the name, it doesn't matter. And that alters the way we perceive things. So what you're doing is going beyond that out into the real truth and getting the straight scoop. And that's why I think what you do is so valuable is because people need the straight scoop. They do not need what mankind is putting out in, in a way that is so um, under, the, under the waves, under everything. They don't even realize it's happening to them. And that's scary. Yeah, it is scary. It is scary. So Tom, is that, would you say we've run into a lot of that? With people with these kind of problems? Yeah, with at this point of the game, I would absolutely agree with that completely. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a challenging a challenging time we live in with uh, COVID and and all those uh, sorts of fun things. Yeah. And I think we will. Uh, I think I think there's going to be revelation. And I think if you get a chance to ask Seth or, or any of the other entities on it, what was the purpose of COVID? That would be a, that would be very interesting to get from source. What's the purpose? I personally think it's a. This is just me getting it, but it gives us an opportunity to engage all that is. We, we're, we're not being separated from anything. We're just saying, here's your body. It's going crazy, but you're still here. Engage, engage, engage. And it's given you the opportunity to do that. And um, it, it's sad nonetheless, you know, so because uh, we're losing some folks. I mean, obviously we lose people for a lot of different reasons every year. Um, it's just added, added to it. So in a lot of ways, but as, you, as you said, we're not really losing them, right? Right. No, we're not. I mean, but in America, we're horrible about preparing our children for death. Yeah. We just don't do a very good job. When you look at COVID, take a step back. It's really been a societal reset. If we decide to take advantage of it, we will do better. If we decide to keep on just picking at each other and pointing fingers and blaming, we're not going to do well with it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and a house divided against itself cannot stand. That's biblical. Uh, Abraham Lincoln also, speaking of Abraham's, <laughs> Lincoln also talked about that. 
And we are in, in the social media system separates us into smaller and smaller slivers of humanity every day. Mm. And we can't have that. It's, we are not set up to function that way as, as entities. We just aren't. We are a social complex. Uh, and that's why when you feel this wave of something happening on one part of the country and it waves across to the other, it's energetic. And we know scientifically, if we stimulate something on one side of the coast, the other and another piece of it's on this side, it, they it's stimulated at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's going to be fascinating. I think we'll study this period of time for years and years, decades, uh, and look back on it and go, wow, you know, this was really something. And uh, kind of go from there. So, but hey, I think we've uh, we've beat this horse to death. Uh, yeah. It'll be ready for reincarnation itself. <laughs> Come back as a mule next time, you know, whatever. Um, Michelle, is there anything you want to wrap this up with? I mean, I think that I think I want to. I would love to wrap up our our show here with probably the. I think the most important thing that you said um, was, and I I really feel it is law that everyone has the ability to wield the creative power that connects them to everyone else on this planet, but also to all that is. And I think that if you're only going to remember one thing from, from our time together today, it's to remember what you said, Terry, which is ask and it is given. It is law. You, you can desire something without judgment and just want it and not even really understand all of the fullness of what could happen if you got it and just want it and the universe will respond. It is law, ask, and it is given. And I, that's probably one of the most important experiences that I've had in my life where I could see those words come to life with Seth. I asked for clarity on Abraham. I wanted to understand what Abraham was saying. It was an enormous deny, a desire for me. Now, I did not anticipate that the answer would come through trans-channeling, but that's okay. I was answered. And I was answered in a way that was, and you know, and you always get more than you asked for, but in a really good way. Right? So it's not just asking, it's given. Mm -hmm. It's asking, boy, hold your hold, hold on to your pants. You're about to get really delighted. Right? I received the ability to get clarity, not only on anything Abraham would have to say, but I can access that clarity now about anything I want to know. So it gave me the answer in full measure by giving me the ability to access. Yes? So I would, I think it would be a beautiful way to end the show by making sure that people stayed in touch with their faith, with their trust in themselves, trust in their relationship, not only with all that is, but trust that essentially in the belief that mankind is at its core, beautiful beautiful and giving and warm and, and everything wonderful. And that believing that about humankind 
is a choice. But also believing in the law that you can ask and it is given is also a decision. And so I would, I would heartily recommend that they take your words, Terry, that you've used here, which are important words, and apply them as aspects in their daily lives. That, that would be how I would like to end the show. Very good. Well said. Thank you. And uh, Tommy, what do you got? You going to wrap this up? Well, after that, I don't know if there's anything to follow. Uh, <laughs> I would, the only thing I would say is, as you brought out, ask and you receive. But don't set expectations because it may not come in the form you're expecting. Yes. One thing I learned as I was learning how to do the Akashic Records was just stay curious. And I know like, you know, Terry has alluded that we work with different people, different issues. And my expectation is it's going to change, but I don't know how it's going to change. I don't set any limits on it. And usually it does pretty good that way. So basically stay out of your own way and let it happen. Yes. There you go. Well, very good. Well, guys, um, Michelle, thanks so much for coming on today. I mean, I think it's been enlightening for people to see your journey and, and how you've accomplished uh, all that you have and, and you're available for others to, to help them do the same. And I mean, that is, that's amazing uh, that we have folks like you that have that affinity and ability and you've really pursued it. And I, my hat's off to you because you know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot out there. I mean, but there are, if you really dig, and yep. they, they're, they're in the closet, like you said, oftentimes. And uh, we just got to kind of open that door for them every now and then. And, uh, and, and Tom, uh, thanks for being here helping uh, with all this um, interview, because, you know, this is a broad topic. And, and man, you could really go into this for days on end. And as you know, uh, there's classes and stuff that's available. Brian Weiss does stuff. Dr. Michael Newton, his Journey of Souls book, another great example of how to get beyond uh, this lifetime. And uh, I think um, that's what it's all about. So uh, for all of us here at the Metaphysical Mysteries, we wanna thank our listeners for being with us today. We're gonna have some really cool guests coming up. We got Paranormal Investigator uh, coming up. We have some other folks related to uh, uh, missing and exploited children uh, that's coming up and, and, and many, many others, uh, of course. And so uh, we look forward to seeing you all on the flip side next time around. And for all of us here, thanks so much. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Tom. Much appreciated. Much great appreciation. Thank you for being and sharing. Thank you.